0: Good afternoon, friends. Tis another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. Sun's out. It's chilly, but the snow is melting, and there's a feeling of a general warmth. Okay, it's cold, but we're getting over it. We'll spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. We're going to talk about some stuff going on in the legislature. We've got uh, a chat about general news, opioids, all kinds of stuff. Uber producer Dan Peters is here to keep you updated on the latest news and weather. And you heard Dan at the top of the hour. He'll be in and out of the show today with the latest. Thanks for spending some of your precious time with us today on Information 1000. Streamed live at KSO.com or on the new KSOO branded mobile app. You need that. You need that, people, because you never know when you got a hankering to listen to the show and you're out somewhere. But you got your phone with you. You go to KSOO mobile app. One touch, one touch gets you live Patrick Lally show or the Main Street Cafe with Chad and Beth in the morning and all the other programming throughout the day. Also, news and weather updates at your fingertips. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live during this program from three to five, or our Twitter account at Pilali Show, which is a great way to chat with us as we go through this. Uh, Dan, i I need to take a moment here at the beginning of the show to give credit where credit is due.
1: Okay, you're going to establish some credit giving here. Some
0: credit giving, because I'm that that kind of caring, sharing person that likes to recognize when things go as planned, right? That's sort of my reputation.
1: You know what? We need to spread the wealth just a little bit. A job well done needs to be recognized. Yes,
0: and yesterday I was talking about the latest adventure in shoveling, and I mentioned that the plows had not been through, so I was fully expecting to have to— go back and chip away at the compacted windrow of ice and snow at the end of the driveway. When I got home, you remember that. And as you may recall, I have been ever so slightly skeptical of the efficacy of these uh, snow gates. You know what I'm saying? You remember that? In fact, I'm on the record. Let's be clear. I am on the record as being fully against them when we brought them in because I thought it was a lot of money just to save us a little labor particularly since, you know, like 88.5% of suburbia has their own 50 to 100 horsepower snowblower. You know what I'm saying? Just a side note here. I I still find it fascinating when I see uh, people breaking out their $1,200 snowblower complete with the wind shroud, you know, and all that after we get two inches of fluffy snow. Uh, But I realize if you got it, and you paid for it, and you maintain it, you feel like you better use it, right? If it's, if it's at all possible, you better break out the snowblower. Uh, I suspect there's like this I-told-you-so element in some of those households, though, that uh, harken back to that initial purchase of said machine, you know, because once you make the investment, you make a personal investment, not just in money but in reputation, there's this conversation that, you know, I think I'm going to buy, honey, I think I'm going to buy a snowblower, Are you sure you need this? Yeah. It's a lot of money. It'll last a long time. It's a lot of money. Trust me. It will save money on chiropractic in the long run. We don't get that much snow, do we? I just don't want a shovel anymore. It's a lot of money. We'll take it, sir. We'll take it. Load it up. So going out there with a shovel may not support that position. you know. So now you're in. In in for, what is it? In for a dime, in for a dollar? What is that, the phrase? Something like that? That's not one I'm familiar with, but, <laughs> okay. uh, but
1: I, I can go there.
0: In for a fig, in for a bunch. I don't remember what the phrase is, but you're in. You're committed. So now you can't. You, you see an inch and a half, and you're like, nope, get the snowblower out. I don't want I don't want to be thinking that I didn't buy this snowblower for the right reason. Uh, I, I'm off track a little bit here. But uh, back to the credit bit, okay? The plows came by last night. And lo and behold, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty clean. The driveway down at the end, there's a little something. But, not, you know, you drive right over it. And I didn't, I didn't have to do anything. So credit to the, uh, to the, the snowplow drivers. Maybe the last time, as you'll recall, I had a bit of an issue. Maybe the last time the guy was new, you know, user error, operator error. This time, clean, clean. It's probably perfect. It's probably perfect snowfall for the snow for the for them snow gates because it was only like three four inches, but it worked, right? It worked at your place.
1: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. we haven't really had the big ridge in a long time since they've installed those snow gates. But yeah. remember, though, as you heard in the forecast, there's more. Coming. The potential for more is
0: coming. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is coming and we haven't had the big wet snowfall and that's what really messes with them It messes with everybody uh so kudos to the snowplow drivers and uh you know Teresa Staley doesn't have to email me and tell me I'm wrong and all you snow gate supporters out there can just back off I did I they worked uh we've got a great show for you today our guests include Brian Allen my friend longtime friend Brian Allen now 10 years into his latest stint as anchorman of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news at your KSFY television. He'll be in, and we'll talk about news and such. Scott Hudson will be in for Weird Friends, and Casey Marshall will be here about 3.45. She's chair of the board of directors of South Dakota's Cheeseman Center for Democracy. She is involved in this effort to push back on the legislative attempts to change our initiative and referendum process in South Dakota, and they had a little presser today, and we'll talk to her about that. Uh, blogger Pat Powers of the South Dakota War College will give us some perspective on state politics during the Blogger Showcase, and I'll have a PL statement just after the next break. Today's topic, got to do it. Neil Tapio. Neil Tapio and xenophobia. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 318 in The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KS. Oh, oh.
2: Everybody wants to live, and they not want to live. Everybody wants to love, and they not want
3: to love. Everybody wants to be closer to free. Yeah, it's time for the PL statement where we get a little bit
0: closer to free. Uh before we get started, you know I'm listening to that uh Chad McKenzie promo there for Main Street, Chad and Beth Main Street Cafe in the morning. Someday, kids, someday I hope to be as smooth and engaging as Chad McKenzie. That's always just
1: That is one place that we can aspire all can aspire to be.
0: Yes, just a little bit more like Chad McKenzie. We aspire to be more like Chad McKenzie uh anyhow listen to Chad and Beth in the morning they got a great show uh back here in the news for the PNL statement uh you know and i think this is as much about freedom this discussion as uh, any that we touch on and that is um this refugee and immigration debate that's currently going on in your south Dakota legislature so neil tapio and his crowd took over a uh the senate state affairs committee today for their uh, ill-advised and clearly unconstitutional efforts to keep immigrants and refugees out of South Dakota. This is the the bill they were talking about today. Is the one that would basically um, forbid Lutheran social services from uh, resettling refugees and taking care of them and helping them out in South Dakota. And I hesitate to even bring it up, as it only adds to the ridiculousness of the idea that South Dakota can unilaterally stop allowing refugees in the state that uh, legislatures can tell Lutheran social service to end its resettlement program. It's a federal program. They can't do that, but that's fine because that's not really what they're trying to do anyway. They're just trying to foment this, some sort of anti-Islamic fervor in South Dakota. And I know there's a constituency out there for that. And I know that they had to hear this bill. But it's in Senate State Affairs Committee, and I hope that it dies because we don't need this broader debate in the in the South Dakota Senate. And I I there are four co-signers on the bill out of nine in the committee. So that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to vote for it. But I'm hoping that this bill will be defeated in committee so that we can stop this charade, uh, this spectacle in our legislature. But I have to I feel like I have to talk about it because if I say nothing, it's not an endorsement, but it's some sort of tacit allowing this terrible proposal to even be debated. It's
1: kind of like the if you don't speak, it's not it's, it's speaking.
0: Right, exactly. And, I, and so I've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again if it keeps going. And if you listen to this program. Uh, even semi-regularly, which, you know, thank you for that. You know my opinions on Neil Tapio's ideas. I think that they are anti-American, that they are anti-freedom, and that they are the antithesis of what we are trying to do in this country. So I need to stand up and say no. This makes us look bad in the eyes of the nation when we have debates like this because they are clearly against our fundamental principles from a very practical sense, South Dakota, we need people. Okay. We need immigration. We need immigration of all sorts from skilled workers to high tech, uh, uh, highly educated workers to uh, blue collar workers. We need workers. We talked about it on this program yesterday. So telling people not to come here is the wrong thing to do. One of the things that was talked about in committee today, and it, the, the, tech, the, the bill has been tabled. They they talked about it for an hour. They had an hour debate this morning, and they're going to come back and do it some more. There, it's a, there's a deadline coming up in the legislature that's not important, but they've got a lot of business going on, so they limited the debate to some degree. But there's a lot of people there. It's a big, controversial deal. But one of the things that these folks talk about is the crime. All right? They're going through and listing all these Incidences where uh, uh, Islamic immigrants attacked people, you know, crime related to uh, refugees that are in immigration. But their their stats are just plain wrong. Any any reputable study of immigration will show you that immigration populations commit crimes at a lesser rate than the average for the rest of the population. Refugees just want to live in peace. These are people who have been living in war zones, real war zones, where their homes have been bombed. They've been driven out because of their religious beliefs or their ethnicity. They want to be free from war and famine. They just want to live and they want to raise their families just like you and I. This demonization of them, and I use that word a lot because it's true, you are just creating some sort of straw man to beat down that is some stand-in for all your fears and insecurities, if this is what you believe. I still believe, and I will always believe, that the American system of opportunity and freedom win out over theology, every time. If you no longer believe that, then our experiment, the longest-running democracy in the world today, has come to an end. If you don't believe that our principles of human rights and civil rights allow for the worship of whatever deity you choose to worship, then the Constitution is dead. If you don't believe there is room for all sorts of interpretations of monotheism, then even the principles of Christianity have lost their way. This debate does us all a disservice. The efforts of Mr. Tapio and his ilk run counter to the long standing traditions of this state. They have been proven time and again with one ethnic, or racial group after another to have been misplaced. And we look back on them with deep regret and shame for putting people in camps, for enslaving people, for bigotry against one ethnic group or another. Irish and Italians and Japanese and Chinese and uh, Asians, Vietnamese, Laotians. They all came to this country seeking the same thing. I know a, a Vietnamese man who I had the privilege of working with for quite a while who fled Vietnam as the North Vietnamese were overwhelming Saigon. His father eventually had to take a boat, got on a refugee boat, headed out into the sea. Came to the United States, got their, you know, their whole family back together somehow. You know, and and my friend, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever met, smart, works in IT. Worked weekends at UPS because they had great health insurance. So he, he worked all day during the week, putting in his time. And then as a, with a college education, and, and he went and threw boxes around, unloaded trucks so that he had better insurance for his kids so that he could send his kids to college, his incredibly bright children. And they have brought, they have added to this community. They have made us better. Why that's not true of somebody from Syria or Lebanon or Iraq or Afghanistan where we have wreaked havoc in the world, why it's not true for them. And you could look upon this bill and say, yes, that's what we need to do. We need to keep these people out. I don't know. If you believe those things, then we truly are finished as a free society. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me. Pop me an email. Patrick at KSFY KSFY. <laughs> Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Uh, our guest later in the show, Brian Allen from KSFY. You can reach me at Patrick at KSO.com. Once KSFY once was KSOO. So there's, you know, there is a link. There you go. We're, we're all born in the same, from the same seed. We'll say that. Um, Drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Coming up next on the program, Scott Hudson will be here for Weird Friends, followed by Casey Marshall. We're going to talk about the war on INR in South Dakota. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
2: Tonight,
0: I hold and it's 3.36 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information on 1000 KSOO. And uh, we hear the beginning of Can't Hardly Wait, not once, but twice. Excuse yeah, me there. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I, I like to have Scott Hudson on the program for Weird Friends. I, I play his favorite band over and over and over again.
3: As you should every day. That's As right. As everyone should.
0: I actually have introduced um, a fair amount of uh, replacements, new, new replacements music for, for the show into the rotation. So you'll be hearing that from time to oh, time. Oh, you're,
3: you're doing God's work.
0: I, I'm trying. I'm trying to spread <laughs> the gospel of uh, Paul Westerberg.
3: But you know what? I did Before we go into what we were going to talk about, mm-hmm. after, after the, the Replacements reunion homecoming show, where the entire stadium was singing along to that, I came to the realization that for a certain segment of music fans, Can't Hardly Wait is our board to run.
0: no. Yeah,
3: it just think about that for a little kind of anthemic, mm-hmm. has that sing along quality, you know, kind of to the end. Uh, yeah, I think it's hard born to run,
0: and you can you can sing it at the top of your lungs.
3: Yes, you can you can scream it from the top of your water tower. Or yeah, however that line goes,
0: that's right. <laughs> hey, uh, did you? I, so uh, here's the deal, Scott. I, yeah, I I I kind of lost it. I didn't lose it. I kept it under control in the in the last segment on this uh, on this uh, Neil Tapio anti-Islam oh, thing. Okay, and uh, we. I don't want to. I, I hate to be the vitriol guy. I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to be reasonable, right? I'm trying to yeah. be. I'm trying to be thoughtful and find solutions and not be dogmatic.
3: Join and, the middle of the road. Yeah, my. <laughs> that's right. Remember a few months ago, I created that. It's kind of ironic because nothing I do is middle of the road. But when it comes to uh, today's social issues and politics and all that, um, my little group that I've created called Middle of the Road is for those of us who want to, uh, to find answers, who want to have quality discussions, who don't want to, you know, just throw out the day, the, today's rhetoric that only one side agrees with. You know, and and, one, and and not just shout at each other on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the worst. It's the yeah. worst.
3: Yeah, and you know what? And it doesn't, you know, um, Joe Steve had a, a post on Facebook the other mm-hmm. day that, you know, basically said Facebook posts aren't going to save anything. And, and a couple of people argue with him, and I'm, like, right on with them Because all it is, it's either people in lockstep with each other and everything they say they agree with, It's just patting themselves on the back or it becomes screaming matches. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is ever occupied. I, for example, as a whiskey drinker, happily sits with a beer drinker and we discuss why we like each, you know, the drinks that we have.
0: Yes. It's, it's, that's the way it should be. And then you go home and you wake up and everybody's got the same hangover.
3: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Not everyone of a political party or a religion or a, whatever can be painted with this large brush usually in a demonic way yeah there are good and bad people in every group
0: i know that's exactly it and i've i i come to this program not to make it about me but i'm going to well trying to not be that person you know trying to be a a voice of reason and otherwise unreasonable world of occasionally unreasonable world of talk radio where i i I got no talking points, okay? But that's all I hear. That's all I read is yes, yes. the same point made over and over and over again.
3: Right. And usually in a very condescending way. Yeah.
0: People call that's me condescending. That's the worst part.
3: That's people, the worst part. I know. You're not condescending compared to these idiots that I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, and on social media, it's worse. And, you know, I see people that I really respect— in social media like high level conservative thinkers and high level liberal thinkers and they get drug into these conversations with just yeah ridiculousness
3: and that's why i i i keep i keep my social media outside of an occasional one liner or two that i just can't help myself with <laughs> i i try to keep it free of politics and i don't want to discuss it i mean i i had a, a relative tried to get me into a a gun control fight last week and i just i just replied i have no interest in being a part of this debate yeah because i mean i do want to be a part of the debate but i don't want it to be what it usually is in the in these forums
0: yeah which is uh, false equivalency is the really the big one that happens now Oh, yes yes yes. so you're having a discussion about guns and it becomes about abortion or you're having (laughs) you know you're 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 trying to talk about uh russian meddling in the election and it's all of a sudden about uh benghazi you know
3: yeah yeah the emails
0: yes the emails and all of that and none of those things are are related they are separate issues and to be judged individually did you know what did hillary clinton know about benghazi doesn't You know, I I don't know, but it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not the Russians, what they're doing to our election.
3: Yeah. And and it's kind of the same way. If you you do criticize our president to uh, a big supporter of him, instead of discussing the issue, they will just say better than Hillary. It's like, well, Hillary lost. We're not discussing Hillary. We're discussing the merits of this person on this day. Yeah, a full almost two years after the election, or a year and a half, whatever.
0: Yeah, you can say, "Yep, Hillary was a terrible candidate, and she did a yes, lot." Yes, she was. She did a lot of really uh-huh. dumb things. What does that have to do with, with uh, whether or not Donald Trump Jr. is uh, has financial ties to an oligarch?
3: Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. But I'll tell you the one thing that's really got me angry today. What's that? Yesterday, you know, there was uh, in Florida there was a, a a vote on some gun laws. Mm-hmm. And there were some of the students from Parkland in attendance. And, of course, this this law, the failure to change the law, there was a failure to change the law. And so this conservative spokesperson, commentator, whatever he is, Dinesh D'Souza, is that his name?
0: Yeah, sure.
3: Uh, he tweeted, worst news since their parents told them to get summer jobs. He tweeted that about... A bunch of high school kids that were just in a school shooting less than a week ago
0: i know that's awful this guy i mean, used
3: to date laura ingram by the way
0: oh well that had to be interesting conversation yeah I, and th- yeah that's just it just leave them i mean they're they're trying to express their anger and their desire for Sadness. change you don't, you don't have to agree with them that's okay. Yeah, no. they're kids. They may say stupid things. I, when I was 16, I said a lot of stupid things.
3: Yeah, hey, I'm 50 something. I say a lot of stupid things. <laughs>
0: but, you know, that's just silly. I, and that's what makes it hard to watch. Right. But that's right. the world we live in, Scott. So we're going, to, we're, we're, pledging, we're pledging ourselves to the middle of it. We got to come up with a better catchphrase. Work on that.
3: Okay. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll think about that. We'll Maybe talk. next week I'll have something.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Casey Marshall is going to be here to talk about a pushback against the threats to INR initiative and referendum in South Dakota. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 348 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And I am very happy to have in studio with me right now, Casey Marshall, who is chair of the board of directors of South Dakota's Cheeseman Center for Democracy, but she's also involved with an organization that is, I've been calling it pushing back. Is that pushing back against some uh, legislation and efforts out in Pierre? Casey, uh, thanks. First of all, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate you being here.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate being able to visit with folks.
0: So tell me, uh, what's the group called, by the way?
2: Well, it's really um, not an organization or a group. It really is sort of an ad hoc gathering of a number of groups who have found that we have the same, you know, as the legislative session began. And certainly there were some clues to it even during the um, task force Meetings that there was really uh, a f- an inordinate amount of bills that and resolutions that were accumulating um, and going to be going through the legislature concerning uh, initiatives, referendums, and um, constitutional amendments.
0: Um, and that's uh, there's it's, twenty. Oh, so some. I should
2: mention who uh, yeah. today we did have a chance to do a press conference, and we had. In addition to Cheeseman Center for Democracy, there was South Dakota Farmers Union and South Dakota AFL-CIO, uh, the Democratic Party, South Dakota Democratic Party, Dakota Rural Action, Bipartisan Dakotans, and TakeItBack.org.
0: It's a lot of different groups, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them fairly progressive groups, which have uh, used ballot access to affect change. Certainly. Which is what I in our. I always, It's initiative and referendum, right? Or is it, it's initiative and referendum. I always mm-hmm. want to say information and referral. And <laughs> that's a different deal entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but there have been issues like minimum wage and the tobacco tax and uh, 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 IM-22 um, and some, and, well, in Marcy's Law that a lot of people didn't like, but they passed and legislature gutted them. And now there's tw- like 24 different bills that right. would affect yeah. INR And there was a legislative study committee over the summer that recommended changing the constitutional amendment approval to 55%. That's part of the discussion. But all these things came from everywhere. I mean, this came Mm -hmm. from different legislators, but one commonality seems to me is Speaker Mark Mickelson, Speaker of the house. Mark Mickelson has been leading the charge on some of these things. What's your message to Mark Mickelson and his allies who want to, change the way it works?
2: Well, uh, succinctly, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, We, this is something we're proud of in South Dakota, that we were the first state to have initiated measures, Uh, we consistently, throughout uh, our history, there has been this strong um, sense of, well, our motto is under God, the people rule, very much a uh, uh, um, an interest in citizens having a hand and a voice in their government, and even as it progressed over, you know, as we got into the <laughs> 1900s and beyond, I mean, we there was a um, a constitutional revision a commission that was done, 69, um, I think. I'm going to be close, mm-hmm. right around in right. there, because then then it had to be approved. Seventy-two, I think, and um, these were people who were not politicians. Uh, Doc Farber and others who worked um, deliberatively and uh, took the time to go through the Constitution and um, and at that time then supported not only initiated measure but also constitutional amendments. I mean, this is a part of our history for people to be able to speak by initiative, referrals, and constitutional amendments. And and so this, what I would say to uh, Speaker Mickelson and other legislators, uh, first of all, there was no clamoring for the public to do this. It is a number of legislators that have done this independently on their own. There's no Ground groundswell to, to do this. Uh, There were only a couple things that came out of that task force. And um, this really amounts to, each of those bills amounts to taking something away from the citizens that we've used successfully. You look at um, both adding things and taking things away. You know, and it has the numbers uh, are... Interesting, because uh, some pass, some fail. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. It's not like you get on the ballot and you pass.
2: Absolutely not. And and when people say, oh, well, for example, in the last time when they, uh, there were comments not from the public at large, but um, more political folks, oh, well, you know, they understood the, you know, the... Um, Initiatives that were from the legislature, right. but they were, you know, so confused with all of the hoodwinked. rest of the. Right.
0: This but, is the thing that kills me: that voters aren't smart enough to look at this and vote on it. But they were clearly smart enough to put you in office, right? Exactly. So, which one is it? Are they dumb here or dumb there? It doesn't fit. um If I want to get involved, uh, what you know, in the in the short time we have left, what are you going to do, and how can I get involved?
2: All right. What we're asking people to do is. is don't allow don't allow our our voices um, to be don't allow that to be death by a thousand cuts. Um, each of these bills are just chipping away at things um, that we do now, and and uh, let's not let that happen. So we're encouraging people to contact their legislators. Mm-hmm. I mean, various bills. I mean, like you said, over twenty, uh, winding their way at various places. Um, so rather than usually we would say hey you know you itemize you know let them know what bill you're talking about mm-hmm. no just if you care about keeping initiated measures referred laws and the ability to um, have people speak and add or subtract to our constitution then let your legislators know they can do that through the LRC site or there's a shortcut one that's been developed for don't silence us that don't silence Mm us.org.org.
0: Don't silence us.org is how you get involved. Casey Marshall, she's involved. Uh, Casey, you're going to have to come back. We'll talk more about it. How's that sound?
2: Sounds great. Thanks.
0: We're going to come right back. This is the Patrick Lally show information 1000 K S O O. This is
2: a public service.
0: We're going to come right back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSO. We're going to talk to Pat Powers and Brian Allen. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSO. And we welcome in for the blogger showcase, Pat Powers. He is the... Uh, author the founder and the force behind south dakota war college pat thanks for taking a few moments for us today
4: good afternoon how i hope everybody's doing well there
0: oh yeah we're hanging in here man it's sunny you know it's what since 12 degrees or whatever what could be better right
4: in this weather i'd take 12
0: yeah well and you know here's the good thing i'm not driving to pier because (laughs) we can all just thank goodness that we can stay where we are um Pat, uh, we've we've had you on a couple times now, and and hope to continue through the session and into the political season here. Uh, you are up in Brookings, right? You live in Brookings. I right? am, and you've been running the uh, Dakota War College, South Dakota War College blog for uh, what did you say the other day? Eleven years, something like that. Uh,
4: actually, uh, actually, we're starting our thirteenth year. Thirteenth
0: year. Wow. Uh, which we uh, i think we talked about that it's a long time for a blog um but we should say and and if people haven't been to uh, dakotawarcollege.com that it's uh you are a republican party guy you've been working in uh party politics for how long
4: well actually uh this is my 30th year working in uh republican politics in south dakota way way back when i uh worked for the party as their legislative coordinator back in the 1988 election and that makes me sound like a really old person
0: mm-hmm. me too because i i covered that election uh <laughs> out for the volant at uh university of south dakota um so i remember it well uh but so just you know for full disclosure you're a republican guy and uh, yeah, very so, much so, yeah, very much so, you know, you don't, you don't try and hide that for, you know, if you go to the blog, you know that. Um, but, so there's some things, but there's some things here I want to talk to you about, uh, as a guy that's inside the Republican party. Um, uh, you've been posting on your blog, you, you keep up with all the new candidates and recently you posted something about, uh, how you got a bunch of doctors coming in. What, what was well, that all it, about?
4: Well, it's it's interesting that and, and I've been uh, I've been you know I've worked with the party before on, on f- at least three elections, uh, helping them with candidates. And uh, this is this is kind of uh, it, kind of an exciting year because there's uh, we I think we're retaining uh, one of the largest number of uh, re- existing Republican candidates that we have in a long time because sometimes you you turn over about a. Uh, a third of the legislature, and we've got uh, most of them are sticking around this year. And uh, the ones who are coming on for open seats, there's some, uh, there's some kind of exciting people that were coming on. Uh, I just writing that uh, uh, there's going to be at least uh, four people who have, uh, have doctor as their honorific uh, if, they, if they make it through the primary and the general election uh Dr uh, Paul Meskimons who's a dentist down mm-hmm. in uh down in Mitchell uh he'd be the Senate, second dentist in the legislature representing the Republican Party in the house uh, uh Leslie Heinemann's the other one mm-hmm. uh, skyler Borglum who uh is a new candidate in District Thirty Two running for the open seat there? She is going to be graduating with her, and I have to look at this: yeah. her uh, Doctor of Philosophy in Geological Engineering from the School of Mine.
1: <laughs> That's impressive. I,
4: well, you know, I look at that, and I, and I think, you know, if I had a, a my PhD in Geological Engineering, I don't know that I'd want to be. I, I don't know that I would want to spend my time in here at the legislature, but. You know, God, God bless her for wanting to, to serve the state.
0: Well, there's probably uh, some sort of uh, figurative geological engineering that you need to do if you go to legislature, right?
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you know, some people do have rocks in their heads at time. <laughs> times, so, so it's probably a, a good background to have. And then uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Tammy and all of Sioux Falls, who uh, missed out on that uh, uh, city council seat here in 2016 uh, down at Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. She's uh, taking the plunge again and uh, is going to be running as a, uh, a Republican in District 25, and, and she has her uh, doctorate in, uh, and I believe, uh, management. Uh, and, you know, does policy work for the federal government, uh, and she's working on, I, I believe, some, uh, uh, oh, it's uh, for, uh, oh, they're uh, doing policy reform for the National Diversity uh, coalition uh, sure. at the request of the president's office so you know the, these are people who are at the top of their field and and just today um, uh, I, I saw uh, that Dr. V.J. Smith yeah. who uh, author and, and former head of the SDSU Alumni Association just just threw his hat in the ring uh, taking over for uh, Larry Tiedemann who's turned out uh, and in fact I, I just heard uh, uh, Doug Post who ran against Larry Tiedemann 2 years ago is now running for the uh, state house of representatives in Brookings a you know local uh, local ag guy i mean there there's some there's some pretty good people uh interesting i was just counting up on my internal list and right now the republican party uh you know if you consider a slate having all three seats filled for the house the one house and the there the one senate and the two mm-hmm. house seats in each district. Right now the Republican Party is running at uh having 26 out of 35 full slates.
0: Uh Do you think and, that you'll uh, get to a full because uh, uh in the last couple of cycles, for instance, the Democrats have have not filled as many as you would probably like. Uh would you would the Republicans um do you think you'll have 100% or do you ever get to
4: 100%? Well, it's it's all it's Pretty difficult to get to hundred percent. I, I know uh, I, I've heard uh, Dan Liederman say that he, you know, that's 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 the goal he's working towards, and and I'm a little more pessimistic. I, I think there's some districts that that's almost impossible, but uh, you know, we've got uh, people announcing up, uh, up the, uh, Sisseton area uh, where that's typically tough territory for Republicans. Uh, we've got two Republicans who are. Uh, uh office holders down uh, on the uh, pine ranch indian reservation which is really tough territory but yet we've got uh steve livermont and liz may who are house some, members from down. somebody there.
0: was appointed in in one of those districts right how'd that happen because the, the uh, governor no, gets to appoint.
4: um you know i'd have to check yeah. uh, i thought they both actually ran this last time and won
0: could be i don't
4: uh, I, I but uh, but you know we've got those seats uh, filled right now and uh, and I and that's a that's a tough pickup for Republicans mm-hmm. but we're doing it. Uh, well, you know,
0: and, you guys have been you've been suffering with uh, uh you know trying to get to that hundred percent of the entire legislature for how long? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, you've yeah, got you the know, super majority. It's got you know it's it gets to be tough at some measure to uh, keep some excitement about being in the legislature. Retr- continuing to recruit candidates—that's got to be tough.
4: Well, it—you uh, know—Republicans are at historic highs, and as I said, I tend to be pessimistic, and I always wait for the pendulum to swing back. Mm-hmm. But uh, the last couple of years, when I thought we uh, we would lose numbers, we've, we've continued to accrue them, at, or, or at the very least, hold our own. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Democrats—you know—they've, uh, in many cases, they're giving up. 30 you know sometimes up to 30 seats by not running people or just putting in placeholders
0: yeah that's why and, candidate recruitment is is really the key part of that
4: well yeah you're you're certainly not going to win if you don't run somebody
0: right. <laughs> anybody um <laughs> we're going to come right back and talk more with pat powers uh, who is a blogger at south dakota war college this is the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo 420 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO, and we return to our conversation with Pat Powers. He is a blogger at South Dakota War College and has been doing it for a long time. Pat, we were talking about recruiting candidates for parties, and I'm wondering, as kind of a traditional Republican guy like yourself, um, when you have, and I'm just going to use their names, guys like Neil Tapio, Stace Nelson, Mm -hmm. Laura Hubble, uh, I would throw Lance Russell in there, you don't have to do that if you don't want to, where... They have ours behind their names, but I would say that uh, their philosophies differ quite a bit from yours or more traditional Republicans. What does a party do in this situation?
4: Well, I I think in in this case, I I don't know that the party really does anything because, uh, you know, there's there's the adage from Ronald Reagan that somebody who you agree with 80 percent, 80 percent of the time is not is not. Your enemy, they agree with you eighty percent of the time, mm-hmm. and you and you work out the rest. I mean, every you know the the Stace Nelsons, the Laura Hubbles, uh, you know the Neil Tapio's. There, they're Republicans, and, and we're we're on the same team. I, I think really what some of the some of the latest hubbub is, uh, if you recall, a few years back, they had the the. Tea Party battles for the control of state party organizations and and for trying to take uh, ideological control of, of the party in different areas and and, and I think uh, what we're kind of seeing are the are the Tea Party leftovers because South Dakota's I always say a few years behind the times and it's just it's just kind of catching up with us finally but I, I don't see that as as hindering candidate recruitment you know certainly the party's not recruiting candidates to run against these guys mm-hmm. uh you know like like lance russell i i can tell you I, i've known lance for for 20 years and he's as just a good a person uh as jason roundsberg or chuck mcguigan or uh, or uh mr fitzgerald who are all running for attorney general they're all good and qualified people who are running for the office and you know they're they're gonna fight hard to to win and uh that's just the way it is
0: You run a lot of press releases on your blog from all different kinds of people, including Neil Tapio's, which are, you know, 2,500 word missives. Um, But uh, uh, do you and you also uh, still work in politics uh, with a uh, you've got kind of a support organization. When you work for a candidate, how do you how do you balance that against what goes on your blog or, you know, the advertising or what have you?
4: You know, uh, for the people who advertise on my website, they're they're made aware up front, and very much, and and I'm happy to reiterate it if they have questions. But you know, it doesn't dictate editorial policy. I mean, there there's no different than advertising at KSOO or on Kelloland.com or at the Argus Leader. You know, they're they're trying to get their message out there to to their supporters. You know, and, and I do try to be I, I do try to be fair and. And when people send things in and, you know, when I put up a press release, it's because, you know, they want to get it out there unfiltered and uh, because and, and you can speak to your own experience, you know, sometimes when you get it in for news purposes, uh, you know, you have a certain amount of uh, amount of time to give to that press release that might be vastly shorter than the uh, what they want to say and i just give them the opportunity to, to lay it all out there and uh, give them the opportunity to say their piece
0: do you with primary season coming up especially and uh, we're not going to be able to talk about Noam and jackley again too much this time but i think that's a very interesting primary do you get uh pushback from uh folks in the party sort of quietly saying hey you know that's not that's you know not fair to my candidate or or what have you
4: you know, I, I really I really haven't experienced that. Uh, you know, they're they're all pretty good. They they know I'm you know, I'm running a, a news site and uh, you know, just like you guys get, I get tons of tons of materials and I try to get up as much as I can, but there's some things I don't put up and it's not it's not a slight, it's just I sometimes I don't have room for it. I uh, i I have I have a day job too, so uh, you know I, I i only have so much time i can give to that without ignoring my family too much
0: <laughs> yeah Um uh, and you have a large family right you've got a lot of kids i do recall yes yeah, I've, got, I've got seven
4: kids
0: <laughs> seven kids is is a job in and of itself so we'll, we'll have uh mercy on your soul for that one um th- i do want to talk about tapio just very shortly because yeah. you do run his entire press releases and they're often you know from my perspective a little unhinged but have you ever thought this is just not good for the discourse?
4: You know, I I, I put it out there, and like I said, I, I I try to give everybody the opportunity to say their piece. You know, it's you know, and there's people who are hitting on issues that I you know maybe I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent. with. The the immigration issue is kind of it's kind of tough for me, mm-hmm. uh, but you know it, there's there's some people who care deeply about it and, and and it's a it's a it's a fairly complex and multifaceted issue uh, and there's some people who who believe they can run entire campaigns on it and yep. you know I far be it for me I I've I, I run campaigns and I am not being paid to run there so they can do. <laughs>
0: do it how they choose to do it yeah um pat powers he as a blogger at dakotawarcollege.com i think that the full title of the blog is south dakota war college right correct, correct. it's just the url is dakota war college yep. and uh we hope to chat with pat again real soon for insights from his uh his his office his base of operations up there in Brookings, south dakota pat thanks for taking a few moments with us today
4: thank you patrick
0: Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk with Brian Allen. He's the big-time anchor at KSFY TV. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I am happy to have back in studio with me today my old friend, <laughs> the anchorman at KSFY TV at 5, 6, and 10 you know him as Brian Allen. Brian, thanks for coming in today.
5: Always good to be with you, Patrick.
0: So uh, we, have, as people have noticed now, we have uh, KSFY uh, weather yep. on our station. Sure and uh, we hear some news from your reporters. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've been following along uh, with the KSFY here on Information 1000 KSOO. Sure. Um, tell me, though, what what have you guys been working on? What's What's going on? Uh, What what's the big stories down there downtown at the palatial studios of KSFY television
5: and they are palatial and we love them.
0: Yes, it's very nice.
5: One of the things we've been working on and we actually took it to air this last Monday night is really just this this kind of heartbreaking story of you've heard us for weeks. All of us. We've been talking about the opioid epidemic that really is just it has its grips on the nation, but not really here yet here. It's still the issue of rampant methamphetamine use and abuse. Well, now we're starting to see the opioid epidemic take effect, not that there's a great way, but in a particularly horrible way. We're seeing increasing numbers of babies being born, and we looked at Sioux Falls. We're seeing increasing numbers of babies being born in Sioux Falls right out of the gate, addicted to opioids because their mothers were using the drug. And the comparative use that we had was if you have a normal birth of a child, um, you might be in the hospital one or two days, the baby might. If it's a cesarean birth, it might be a couple more days than that. For kids that are born addicted to opioids, they are their stay in the NICU is measured in weeks mm-hmm. because they're having to wean these babies off opioids. They're having to give infants methadone wow. in increasingly smaller doses to wean them off this. And when they're born addicted like that, their body thinks it's normal. So to not get it, that's the abnormal part to them. That's the terribly sad part of it. It affects how they eat. It affects their digestion. Right out of the gate, it affects everything that they have to do to not thrive but just survive. And to hear the doctors tell us the stories of of having to, having to do this and having to see this. Uh, one of the doctors that we talked to just said, uh, this this is incredibly sad, because this is increasing in a way that we didn't expect to see. They didn't think it would happen this rapidly. They thought it would at some point, but it's almost like turning a page to where it wasn't happening, and then it was, and it wasn't just happening. It was happening in 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 a in a measurable way.
0: Yeah. So they everybody when you have a, a, some sort of drug addiction problem, you see this as a byproduct of mother's giving but you know as you said we have not seen the the sort of mass deaths or arrests or certainly we have our issues sure we do but uh do we think then this is sort of a harbinger this is a a red flag to say we've got a bigger problem than we even thought we did before
5: i I think it might i think it really might Because if it's happening to the kids, it's happening to the kids for a reason. And it's because the moms are using. Yeah. You have to assume, always dangerous to assume, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of reason to expect that the dads are using. We're not seeing the effects of this on the surface yet. This is kind of a back doorway into the problem, seeing it through the kids that are being born Mm -hmm. addicted right out of the gate. And even when you're an adult, if you have an addiction to something serious... Coming down off that is incredibly painful mm-hmm. and time intensive. Imagine the physical stress that must put on a baby.
0: Yeah, and a, and a baby can't tell you what's wrong. That's no. always the, the the most difficult thing. Yeah. But are, any indication on like numbers or like you know that that is we're trending up or and what was the time frame? Did it just hit us all of a sudden or what, what was it like?
5: That's yeah. what it seems. That's the story we're hearing. Mm. That it went from not happening mm-hmm. <clears throat> to being there. Wow, that's like that, and that's scary.
0: Yeah, I know that the hospital systems of Sanford, especially, has been working very hard to decre to not prescribe opioids where they're not needed, mm-hmm. and I think that's been uh, there's a there's a realization there that. We just were using this too much and didn't realize the addictive qualities of it. And now it's seeped beyond people who are actually prescribed the medicine to people who are stealing it or, or what have
5: you. And it. then also not having a full-fledged appreciation of the black market nature yeah. of getting opioids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's – you don't want to necessarily use the word cartel, but maybe it's the right word. I mean, there are people out there who are dealing in prescription painkillers just right. like they would deal in meth, yeah. cocaine, Anything
0: else? Well, for a while we were seeing people uh, actual um, uh, breaking and entering into homes where people knew they were opioids. Oh, sure. And I imagine we're still seeing that out sure. there, and probably we'll see more of it. Uh, who did the Who did the story? We should give credit to the reporter.
5: Yes, we did. Uh, Tess Hedrick did the story. heard Monday night. Uh, you can probably find it online at ksfy.com. dot com. She did a really good job, and she did the job that a reporter is supposed to do. She came to us and said, "Hey." I'm hearing something Mm -hmm. from the doctors and nurses that I know, and we might want to take a deeper look at this. And we did, and sure enough, it paid off.
0: Yeah. The other thing is with opioids, um, it's not like the face of meth, you know, where you have people who are addicted to meth who have kind of, I don't want to say obvious uh, uh, appearances, but.
5: External signs.
0: External signs. With opioids, it can be. Uh, it 's not readily apparent in the mother right, and that there 's nothing on her chart to suggest that she 's on opioids right. it 's a black market situation, and all of a sudden you 've got this baby that 's addicted and you, you, I imagine they must test every baby
5: mm. that's, especially if they 're if they're coming out with the symptoms that, that these babies are showing yeah I mean right out of the gate it just it has to be obvious that something is wrong and it 's pretty serious. Yeah,
0: it's terrible. Um, the other thing you guys have been working on is uh, uh, this Lewis and Clark budget. Oh. So we used to fight over the Lewis and Clark water uh, project, the pipeline, mm-hmm. and whole development of it all those years. Yep. Fight for funding. Uh, the, the the You guys had a story about uh, this year's budget. It doesn't look good. What's the deal there?
5: So in years past, <clears throat> excuse me, in recent years past, when you've seen an initial budget report come out, it's been – uh, federal government will give $2.7 million or $3.5 million to Lewis and Clark. And then the tri-state congressional delegation has to roll up the sleeves and fight for what they can. Maybe they get it up to 8 or $9 million. Mm-hmm. Fiscal year 19 budget released by the Trump administration has set aside, total for the year, $100,000 for construction, for future pipeline, water pipeline construction for Lewis and Clark. At a time... When there is $185 million worth of work that has to be done to fully connect the six remaining cities that aren't hooked up yet.
0: That's a lot of money.
5: That, it's a lot of money, and it's a little money, $100,000. Yeah. I talked to uh, Troy Larson. He's the executive director of the Lewis and Clark Regional Water System. And he says, we don't even know what word to use anymore because frustrated just doesn't cut it. This was, uh, you, have to, you go back to the year 2000. And that's when everyone was you know, playing the kumbaya drum. And it was agreed that there would be a state government, federal government partnership on the funding to get this done. And then the feds magically stopped paying <clears throat> their part of the pipeline. Part of it was Congress made a decision to do away with uh, what's called earmarks. Mm-hmm. Now, to, to generically understand that, imagine that as kind of like a financial bookmark that allows you year after year to just automatically mm-hmm. know that you're going to have to set aside money. So every fiscal year, in theory, is a fresh pallet, clean. You have to put new numbers on there and everything. And as soon as that started happening, the funding dropped off dramatically. Right. But it has not dropped off in such a dramatic fashion as what we're seeing right now. Right.
0: Well, and you knew that uh, with the, the the tax cuts, and they're, and they said they're going to try and find ways to cut spending, that – These types of projects might be on there. Now, I would consider this an infrastructure project, so does that mean we got to come back and pony up half of it to get 20% or, you know, whatever it is? We just don't know.
5: The thing that Troy Larson is hopeful for is the same week that the budget came out setting aside $100,000 was also the same week that the president unveiled what he says needs to be a trillion-dollar, at Mm -hmm. least, uh, infrastructure program. And what Lewis and Clark is hoping is that, they will define rural water systems and their development as an infrastructure project. And then maybe they'll get more money kicked over to them that way. But
0: that's still changing the rules in the the game. Now we're talking, the town Sioux Falls has water. We're tapped in. Mm -hmm. We don't use it for all our water, but it's, it's a backup for us and, supplies us with a consistent source sure we're talking about madison south dakota for sure
5: we're talking about full uh, full full connection for madison south dakota they mm. are getting lewis and clark water right now but as it's we tanky. talked about be- yeah yep. as we talked about before we went on the air it is through like a rube goldberg setup mm. of a pipeline system where i think lewis and clark water goes to one rural water system mm-hmm. which kicks it to a second one which may yeah. kick it to a third and they get it to madison worthington minnesota will be connected fully connected By the end of this year. But that's only because the state of Minnesota finally said, you know what, we are truly and fully fed up with this. We're just going to pay the feds part and get Worthington hooked up. And hope we
0: get our money back.
5: Yeah, and hope we get our money back. So that's the only way Worthington is getting connected. In Iowa, there are four communities that are just waving in the breeze right now. It's Sheldon, it's Sibley, it's Sioux Center, and it's Hull.
0: Than those, and I know the water in Sibley and uh, Sheldon for sure. they got terrible
5: water. Sheldon recently dug a new well just to try to get them by, and they dug this well knowing that the water coming out of it <clears throat> excuse me that the water coming out of it is not of good quality, but they say we have no other choice. And in fact, that water in Sheldon from that well is so bad that once Lewis and Clark gets connected, they're just going to cap the well and say, "You know what? We're fine with losing the money." that we spent to dig and operate this well because we don't want the water from it anymore once Lewis and Clark comes in.
0: We're going to come right back and talk more with Brian Allen, the big-time anchor at KSFY Television 5, 6, and 10. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're back with Brian Allen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Uh, Brian, of course, the anchor of your KSFY television. Nightly news at five, six, and ten, and a fine reporter in his own right. Hey, uh, Brian, did you see? Oh, by the way, I can always. How's the boy? How's Ben?
5: Ben is awesome. Ben is now five months old and weighs 21 pounds. My God, he's huge. He's 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 a. I can lovingly say this. He's a moose. <laughs> well, he you're
0: a, you're a you're not a small man. No, I am not. So and and so you you know you expect to have a child with of some size. But
5: but you know what? So happy, so healthy. Always good. has a smile on his face. Just God knew that really all we could handle would be a good mood child. Yes. And So that's what he gave us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, but congratulations Thank to you. you. Um. Hey, did you see this thing about the NRA getting? Uh, the the mayor of Dallas wants the NRA out of Dallas, uh-huh. the convention, and uh, Christy Noam wants him to come here.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep. So what's the deal with that? So yesterday the, the mayor's office in Dallas says because of everything that's going on in the country involving the continuing escalating debate over gun control that <coughs> – excuse me – that they were worried about an NRA convention coming to town, that they – they openly said, we don't know if we can guarantee the safety of attendees. Mm-hmm. They are fearful that it will bring protests. And so they kind of just uninvited them to come to Dallas and have their convention. Well, a congresswoman and gubernatorial candidate, Christy Noem, says that the NRA is welcome to come right here to South Dakota. And you have a faction of people that say, you bet, we're gun owners in South Dakota, we're proud gun owners come on to town and then you have the faction that voiced its opposition in Dallas those mm-hmm. folks here saying wait a minute do we necessarily want this to come to our neck of the woods at a time where people are so divided mm-hmm. and and increasingly so about the issue of responsible gun ownership what guns should be allowed should there be weapons that are illegal that are banned outright mm-hmm. it's
0: a thing it's a little it's a little bit sensitive right now although they could probably go to Rapid City and they'd be fine sure I,
5: and sure. you you know it, it,
0: the notion of uh, you know the, their safety and such probably wouldn't be as big of an issue issue here as it is. Although it's Texas, you know what I mean. Dallas is not exactly a uh, bastion of liberalism, right? So, right. Uh, I don't know if that makes any difference or not.
5: People were surprised to hear that come out of Dallas mm-hmm. for the reason you just said. Mm-hmm. There are people who were surprised that Congresswoman Noem was so quick to say. Mm-hmm. Come on, down. come on, come on, to my house. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah.
0: Um, hey, you have uh, a show. We we talked about this the last time you're on. Yeah. You started a new show on Sunday nights. What's the name of it? Yeah, again?
5: Sunday nights at ten thirty. It's yeah. a it's a quarter hour segment called This Week in Politics, mm-hmm. and it allows us to have a little more time to talk to politicians, political candidates. Sometimes we take a look at issues. This last week we spent about. Six, six and a half minutes on Lewis and Clark, just dissecting the the funding issue that we discussed last segment.
0: That's cool. And uh, who's on the show this week?
5: We are going to be spending some time talking to uh, Sioux Falls mayoral candidate Jolene Letcher. Oh, yeah. About the status of her campaign, about the status of the overall campaign. We'll ask her about the uh, the recent endorsement that she received from former mayor and former KSOL host Rick Noby. Yep. We're just going to take her temperature on where she thinks her campaign stands right now what she thinks she needs to do to win, and basically what's the message? Mm -hmm. What's the message? So often what can get lost in politics, especially these days, is the idea of a cult of personality. Are you likable? Are you not likable? Do the right people think you're on the right track? What we need a little more of is is, uh, a parsing out of the nitty-gritty a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand? What do you think? Why do you think that way? And so that's kind of what we we try to do
0: and you even you still don't get a lot of time you know quarter hour fifteen sure. minute program but at least and this is not a, a a reflection on any other candidates when I say this sure uh Jolene's a former TV person sure she understands hitting the mark mm-hmm. as a TV guy and an interviewer a broadcaster you know you know she's gonna move right along that makes sure. for good programming sure. right
5: but 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 the good thing about having a little more time is that we're not limited to ten second sound bites yeah somebody that helps. has 45 seconds, 50 seconds, a complete answer to say to something, yeah. this gives us a little more of an opportunity to do that. You know,
0: I find it difficult, even in this format, to get to everything I want to get to. For sure. I can't imagine trying to cover politics in the normal broadcast news sort of way because you just, you're so compressed. So even 15 minutes must seem like an eternity.
5: Uh, at times it can. At yeah. times it can be I blinked and 15 minutes is gone. Yeah. It feels like, like that. Yeah. That's the beauty, though, of the exchange of ideas, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you do have a little time just to let things breathe.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And we, as a matter of fact, are out of time here what? on this. Yeah, I know. See, we blinked and it was gone. Boof. That was fun. Brian uh, Allen, he's the uh, anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock news. In at KSFY TV here in beautiful Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. I was going to call you the hardest working uh, man in television, but that maybe you are the hardest working man. Are you the hardest working woman? No, mm-hmm. no, yeah. hardest working broadcaster? Mm-hmm. There you go. Hardest working broadcaster working in Sioux Falls today. Uh-huh. Brian Allen, thanks for being here, Brian, and I hope you come back real soon.
5: Oh, anytime.
0: We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. at the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSO. Join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about rare diseases. We're going to talk about all kinds of good stuff. High school sports. It's going to be fun. See you tomorrow, everybody.